Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original... I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Boston Tea Party. Here's what you need to know. On a brisk morning in 1773, a flyer was posted throughout Boston proclaiming, Friends, brethren, countrymen, that worst of plagues, the detested tea, is now arrived in the harbor. Every friend to this country is now called upon to make united and successful resistance to this last, worst, and most destructive measure of administration. This was a rally cry from the Sons of Liberty, a political group in the Americas fighting for colonial rights, and it came after years of mounting tension between the 13 American colonies and the British government. Central to the dispute was a favorite hot beverage of the time, tea. As the drink became popular in Europe, 
England gave the East India Company a monopoly on the importation of tea. British colonists in America had also developed a taste for tea, and England wanted full control of the market. Parliament passed an act requiring colonies purchase tea only from Britain, and it was heavily taxed. To avoid the expensive prices, colonies began smuggling cheaper tea from the Dutch Republic. The East India Company lost revenue and fell into financial trouble, and Parliament swooped in with a series of acts that bailed out the company and lowered tea taxes in England. However, Parliament continued to burden the colonies with import taxes. British Americans were furious, and many argued that it was against the British Constitution for Parliament to tax the colonies without representation. Refusing to back down, Britain tightened its grip on the colonies with the Tea Act of 1773, forcing the colonists to pay a tax of three pennies on every pound of tea. As ships carrying thousands of pounds of tea sailed toward the Americas, the Sons of Liberty began a campaign to raise awareness on the injustices. Not only were colonists being taxed by Parliament without elected representation, but the Tea Act also undercut American merchants and businesses. In every colony except Massachusetts, protesters successfully pressured officials to return the shipments of tea to England. However, the governor of Massachusetts kept his ground, holding three ships hostage in the Boston Harbor until they paid the tax import. On December 16, 1773, the ships sat at the docks as over a third of Boston's entire population gathered in protest. Sons of Liberty leader Samuel Adams passionately spoke to the masses outside the Old South Meeting House. Thousands of Bostonians poured out of the meeting, inspired to take action. That night, a group of men disguised themselves as Mohawk warriors and carefully boarded the docked ships. Over the course of three hours, they dumped every last ounce of tea into the cold, glistening water, a bold act of protest to defend the colony's constitutional rights. The next morning, Great Britain awoke to something far bigger than tea steeping in the Boston Harbor. A revolution was brewing. Fun facts, aka death stats. The protesters dumped a total of 342 chests of tea into the water from the three docked boats, the Dartmouth, Eleanor, and Beaver. In weight, the destroyed tea totaled 92,000 pounds. The phrase Boston Tea Party did not appear in print until 60 years after the event. Before that time, it was usually referred to as the destruction of the tea. 22% of the tea tossed overboard was green tea. According to the Boston Tea Party Museum, the tea was worth 1.7 million in today's dollars, and estimates indicate that the destroyed tea could have brewed 18 and a half million cups of tea. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact-checking for us is associate producer Alex Paul. Happy to be here. And our very special guest today is writer, actor, Sean Parikh. Hi, Sean. Hi. Now, just so our listeners know, Sean and I were both writers on the upcoming Night Court show coming out what, January 17th. January 17th. That's right. It's Tuesday night. NBC Tuesdays are, are going to be fun-filled. 
8 p.m. Um, <laughs> 7 central. Let's plug it. Damn, nice. Sean. That's a great <laughs> slot. <laughs> really good slot. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> we pushed Sean. me and Rebecca. Yeah. yeah. All <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, we're so excited to have you on the show. Me too. I'm glad to be here. I don't know if you know this, but we're going to make you do this. Um, answer this. Uh, we'd like to start off the show by asking our guests, what's something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Oy, oy, oy. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Things that are keeping me up at night. Uh, you can't take it back and we won't edit this part out. No, oh, my so God. Everything okay. you say. <laughs> it's like saying... Uh, my biggest flaw is that I'm always on time. Oh God, Sean, you don't have to get this right. There's no like right or wrong. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I would probably say a lot of that holiday stuff that everyone's feeling right now mm-hmm. about being closer to family, how to be more connected. I don't know. I, I feel like getting older, we're always trying to figure out a way to become more mature around your parents and have better discussions and connections, Mm. but also still want to get babied (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) At least me. You don't want to grow up too fast. Yeah, right, you want to right. get presents at our Christmas tree. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's probably been keeping me up quite a bit. I think uh, just it's life in general. Just seeing your parents getting older. I don't know. It's mm, just something. That's real. That's real. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird. You know. Yeah. Having to pick up the slack for that now. Yes, you said you were building furniture, which apparently. Yes. This is the first for you. I, I'm um, surprised it's still standing. <laughs> I'm in a cast, so you can't tell. <laughs> um, now, I, we have to dive right in because this is a big, one of the big ones. I mean, iconic, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> iconic, yeah. Um, for, for us, American history... Uh, I, I can't say I'm an American history lover, right? It's not like we love all of the history. It's just we oh. love history, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm interested in hearing uh, why you chose this topic, uh, Sean, because I know a few things about you. <laughs> and I, I think I have it because, you know, we sent you a bunch of uh, topics to uh, to potentially be on mm-hmm. the show for. And this was, you know, your first choice. And something you should know about Sean is that, you know, we, we were in a writer's room together and like, you know, every morning we'd come in and we'd say, you know, what are you watching? And 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 what what shows are you into? And me being me, I would always, you know, come up with these period pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I'm watching The Crown, you know, all these things. And Sean's face, it, it's like, it's as if someone like had thrown up all over the table. <laughs> <laughs> Explain a little. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it is in me, but watching British stuff, Puts me to sleep right away, mm. um, for sure. Like, I just find it so boring. I mean, it's so nuanced, blah, blah, blah. Um, no one talks about anything, but they're saying so much. Um, okay, cool. Um, but mo- mostly, I would say, I think it's probably subconscious. I'm Indian American. Um, subconscious colonization, probably, where it's Fair. like, 
Um, I don't care. And especially with this topic, the Boston Tea Party is all about Britain taking over the Indian Tea Company and then putting a monopoly on it. So I'm like, ugh, the more British museum stuff that they haven't stole. I saw a funny meme yesterday. It's like, why uh, why aren't the pyramids in Britain? Because the British can't move them to the museum. <laughs> like, that's, I'm like, that's probably true. Um, so, well, I, I was always fascinated with um, the the concept of tea. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. Tell us, tell us about the concept of tea, Rebecca. Well. You have to understand, you have to put yourself in my mindset as a, you know, early young teenager uh, being taught about the Boston Tea Party, right? And Mm -hmm. learning about how, what an important um, place it was in our history, you know, know, what an important event it was in our history. And, you know, I'm uh, this like Cuban, Puerto Rican, Miami girl (laughs) who has been raised on like coffee from like age five right and i've Mm. like literally never seen anyone drink tea except for when they're sick right Mm. and i'm just like baffled by how tea could be the thing that sparks this you know riot essentially Mm. america's love of tea so i was thinking we could maybe uh learn a little bit about tea (laughs) Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Spill really the tea on tea. Yeah. So. Um, so it has its origin in China. It dates back to perhaps uh, 2700 BC. Um, it's a medicinal beverage. And around the third century, it becomes a daily drink. And tea cultivation and processing begins. Tea is brought to Europe in 1610. It's um, apparently the marriage of Charles II to Catherine of Braganza that uh, proves to be a turning point in the history of tea in Britain. Uh, She's a Portuguese princess and a tea addict. Hmm. And her love of the drink uh, establishes this very fashionable beverage in court for the first time. And among the wealthy classes... They they jump on board, right? So they're capitalizing on this. Uh, the 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 crown is capitalizing on this, and uh, the East India Company begins to import tea from India to Britain. It's uh, first being pl- you know it first comes in sixteen sixty four, and so I don't know. Maybe we can start with Catherine Braganza up on the board. We'll okay. just throw that up there for fun. She had no idea what she was doing. That's right. <laughs> Careful with your addictions. Right. True. Dangerous. I guess she was like the Rachel ever since she started <laughs> in the trend. That's right. That that tragedy will have to bring you back on for <laughs> who's to blame for the Rachel. Oh yeah. <laughs> for those oh, of the, you who might not know, it's the haircut. Okay. Oh, God, um, I hope everyone knows that. No, can't slide past that. (laughs) Everyone better know that. I don't know. You never Um, know. You don't know. You never know. So it's an imported luxury. Only the wealthy can afford to drink tea. And the least expensive pound of tea available available costs the average laborer about a month's worth of wages. Wow. Wow. 
The lofty tea prices made tea highly fashionable and elitist. The ability to serve and drink tea with elegance and skill marked a social status and indicated good breeding and intellect. Okay, so the Dutch dominated the tea trade until 1778, uh, sorry, 1678, and then the British begin importing tea on a commercial scale. British royal family seeks full control and profits over trade. They charter the East India Company and grant it a monopoly on all trade throughout Asia and East Africa. The East India Company quickly becomes the most powerful monopoly the world has ever known, and tea was its primary commodity. They were given the right to acquire territory, coin money, keep armies and forts, punish lawbreakers for, from foreign alliances, and even declare war. Wow. So it's as if like a corp, it's, it's like a corporate government. Like Amazon. Like, mm. a, yes. I yes. feel like we should put monopolies up on the board. Yeah. I love it, Clay. Yeah, so kind of very scary and very topical, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but but whatever, we digress. We're going to come back to the East India Company. Um, so it's no surprise that in early North, North America, colonized by Europe, tea drinking is is prominent. Europe's same tradition and rules and of etiquette cross the Atlantic. Tea houses and elegant silver and porcelain tea accessories were popular in the new cities of New York, Boston, and Philadelphia. By the second half of the 18th century, tea constituted the single largest and most valuable commodity exported by Britain. The British government ordered a specific tea tax to capitalize off its popularity in America. Greed prevailed, and the tax rate gradually reached 119%, more than doubling the initial cost of tea as it entered uh, the American wholesale market. I just want to say a lot of this information is from t.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little background just to, you know, get us <laughs> in the riot spirit, right? This is this mm-hmm. is what we're all fighting for, T. Um or this is what they were fighting for. Let's put the Sons of Liberty up on the board. This is according to the Boston Tea Party Museum. The Sons of Liberty, a well-organized patriot paramilitary political organization shrouded in secrecy, was established to undermine British rule in colonial America and was influential in organizing and carrying out the Boston Tea Party. Their motto was, no taxation without representation. Besides the destruction of the tea, historical accounts record no damage was done to any of the three ships, the crew, or any other items on board uh, the ship's except for one broken padlock. The padlock was the personal property of one of the ship's captains and was promptly replaced the next day by the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, It's a fine break-in. I know. (laughs) I feel like usually when I hear the phrase, a well-organized Patriot paramilitary political organization in today's Uh climate, I'm terrified. Yeah, send shivers (laughs) down my spine. (laughs) This seems like a good paramilitary group, I guess. I I guess. It's It's like a bird who breaks in and cleans your room and stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the broken glass. Well, so. well, throws everything of value outside the window, but make sure to leave it clean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not cleaner, yeah. It's feng shui. Cleaner. 
Um, one participant tried to steal some tea, but was reprimanded and stopped. <laughs> also, no stealing. The Sons of Liberty were very careful about how the action was carried out and made sure nothing besides the tea was damaged. After the destruction of the tea, the participants swept the decks of the ships clean. <laughs> and anything that was moved was put back in its proper place. The crews of the ships attested to the fact that there had been no damage to any of the ships except for the destruction of their cargoes of tea. So, but do you think all the fish were like super caffeinated? Oh, my oh gosh. yeah. Like, I hadn't up. thought about all the fish. Are there any? Is there? I didn't read any information about what happened to all the sea life. Right. Well, all I read I didn't was sleep for days. <laughs> <laughs> No, they, yeah, they started uh, uh, bubbling with an accent. <laughs> mm. nice. um, so I, all I read was that the the water around Boston, where the tea was tossed, was brown for days. So it was there. I'm sure it was. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was crystal clear before. I'm sure it was already pretty filthy, right? <laughs> sure. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess. But I think it was brown specifically specifically because of the From from the black tea tea steeping. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I think this is such a great example of like the importance of organized political action, right? It's like Mm -hmm. they knew that, you know, the 18th century media or politicians would say like this was they're just being greedy and wanted to take the tea for themselves or they're just like looters and lawless and violent but they were like no we have a very distinct um action that we want to take and it's not because we want to take it home and it's not because we want to cause destruction it's a political action right protesting this crazy tax right it requires a, an immense amount of like control yes over mm-hmm. the people that are carrying out the action right that's cool actually it's a, it's a good <laughs> lesson yeah i mean it just seems like Be a really specific. good specific yeah well it, it it really is like what what is your point right what's the point you're trying to make and let's be specific to it it's a good um, um, stance on revolutionizing. But let's talk about the Tea Act of 1773 and put that up on the board. Okay. Again, this is from the Boston Tea Party Museum. The Tea Act passed by Parliament granted the British East India Company tea a monopoly on tea sales in the American colonies. The Tea Act was the final straw in a series of unpopular policies and taxes imposed by Britain on her American colonies. The passing of the Tea Act imposed no new taxes on the American colonies. The tax on tea had existed since the passing of the 1767 Townsend Revenue Act. Due to boycotts and protests, the Townsend Revenue Act uh, taxes were repealed on all commodities except tea in 1770. The tea tax was kept in order to maintain Parliament's right to tax the colonies. Prior to the Tea Act, the British East India Company tea was required to exclusively sell its tea at auction in London. The Tea Act aborted this restriction and granted the British East uh, India Company license to export their tea directly to the American colonies. The direct sale of the tea by agents of the British East India Company to the American colonies undercut the business of colonial merchants. Prior to the Tea Act, colonial merchants purchased tea from British markets and smuggled from illegal markets. So there's a little bit of uh, economics that gets like uh, hard for me to understand when you're talking about like, you know, 
tariffs, uh, you know, taxes. (laughs) Yeah. But I think my, from my understanding is that they had the, the Townsend Act imposed a bunch of taxes on a bunch of goods. When that gets repealed, except for tea, it's like, well, you're only going to pay taxes on tea, the thing that you want the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that pissed a lot of people off because they had been fighting to get all of these taxes taken off. And it's and the thing they want the most. Yes. <laughs> They're addicted to it. It's I'm not true, drinking yeah. the right tea because mm. I just have never felt this way about tea. <laughs> I mean, a good black tea. It's true. They make it right. A little bit of hot milk, some sugar if you want it sweet. I'm a big fan of a of that. And it was probably Indian chai tea. Come on, like oh, I don't you know. If you guys How can you resist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually drinking yeah. it right now. And because my parents are making it for me, but it's like <laughs> addicting. I don't know what I'm going to do when I leave. But. Should we put like caffeine or just like a you know? Like yeah. I think uh, let's put like a good tea. You know, good Indian tea. <laughs> yes. Everybody wants a good thing. <laughs> I've turned. I've I've become a tea drinker now. Really I'm so worldly. Yes. I'm wow. so, I've, I've left. No, no. I mean, I still drink a ton of coffee. I just right. added oh, more caffeine. Added. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Do you like a matcha? Love a matcha. I love a black tea. Mm. I love a chai. I love it all. I love a green tea. But nice. you know, after a certain time of day, it's like it's not really acceptable to keep drinking coffee. I feel right. you know. Sure. Post five o'clock, it's like, what are you doing at yeah. Starbucks, honey? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you not want to sleep? Let me go no. to a wine bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, kidding. bring it down. Yeah, I mean that, that's another option. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I also feel like uh, it is tea. Obviously, it's the thing they like the most. But I feel like there's also like a little bit of misplaced anger, rightly so. You know, coming from the Patriots, right? They're clearly upset, not just about the tax on tea, but the way they're being governed. Right. Um, How do we put that on the board? Is that like taxation without representation or just excessive taxes? I I feel like we should capture that somehow. Yes, we should definitely put taxation without representation. Okay. Um, And I'll tell you a little bit um, about that. So the phrase taxation without representation most likely had its origins in the 1750s. Ireland, but its American roots are often credited to Boston politician James Otis, whose 1764 speeches included the phrase taxation without representation is tyranny. The National Bureau of Economic Research said no taxation without representation. The rallying cry of the American Revolution gives the impression that taxation was the principal irritant between Britain and its American colonies. But in fact, taxes in the colonies were much lower than taxes in Britain. The central grievance of colonists was their lack of a voice in the government that ruled them. Isn't it interesting that that's that's the case? And yet we have like D.C. like, well, wait, I'm thinking about. Represent. I'm thinking about. Never mind. <laughs> like, I have no well, idea where you were going. With well, this. they don't have like representatives. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, oh different a little oh, bit. Oh 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 oh! I see. I see. I see. Scratch um, that. I it, you mean in the myself. government? Yeah, Washington. yeah, yeah. In Puerto Rico, yeah. same. It's like a territory, but they don't have like. Well, yeah, I I can really rely. I mean, the, the Puerto Ricans are still fighting for 
um, the, the same concept. Yeah, right. they they right. do pay taxes, and they have no seat in in, uh, in the government. Senate. Yeah, um, mm. or in in the House, and they can't also. Uh, this is something we've talked about before. I always grew up uh, being told that Puerto Ricans couldn't run for president, couldn't be president, but. Other people have said otherwise. Regardless, no Puerto Rican has ever run for president. Born is that true, Rico. Alex? This can is you? Act checker on. Yeah, let's do it. I've I've searched Alex. Uh, I I've really searched for this, and if you oh. could help me, dear yeah. God, maybe <laughs> maybe we can start our presidential. Yeah, campaign. we can start right now. <laughs> um, while you're doing that, I want to put the East India Company up on the board. And again, this is from uh, the Boston Tea Party Museum. The Tea Act was not intended to anger American colonists. Instead, it was meant to be a bailout policy to get the British East India Company out of debt. The British East India Company was suffering from massive amounts of debts incurred primarily from annual contractual payments due to the British government totaling 400,000 pounds per year. Additionally, the British East India Company was suffering financially as a result of unstable political and economic issues in India, and European markets were weak due to debts from the French and Indian War, among other things. Besides the tax on tea, which had been placed since 1767, what fundamentally angered the American colonists about the Tea Act was the British East India Company's government-sanctioned monopoly on tea. Now, it says here, that they're, you know, suffering from financially, uh, they were suffering financially as a result from unstable politics and economic issues. I believe what was actually happening, it was like um, the, the, you know, they had totally taken over Bengal and some other areas in uh, North India. And the people were like fighting back and were like, we're not paying you taxes. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're colonizing. <laughs> and so that was their financial struggle hmm. was there. They weren't able to steal um, <laughs> oh, from wow. who they were stealing from. I don't know. Maybe that's a cynical uh, view on the Boston Tea Party Museum little uh, excerpt. But um, probably true. Anyway. You're probably right. <laughs> I'm- <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they were like, again, to be well, such a making, big power. Yeah, like in the world, they were doing fine. And think about it, you know, their t- tea was British, uh, Britain's tea. main export, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time. But it's literally India's export. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> was, exactly, it's in the name. <laughs> East India. <laughs> For me, um, this is sort of like, Britain is spread too thin. Like they are doing too much. They can't keep control of the American colonies because they're so far away. They're, you know, they have a monopoly on this or or they've given a monopoly to the tea company. They, they're just doing too much. Just stay in your corner of the world, please. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, they were all over the world at this point, right? They had like territories yeah. everywhere i wonder uh what were the terror alex maybe you can find out you know you're already Ooh, i'm sweating over here territories around you know in the early yeah. 18th century what what did what were the uh british territories i'm sure there's a long list mm-hmm. absolutely um as far as puerto ricans 
running for president of the United States? Maybe yes and maybe no. Yeah, it's unclear, yes, no. right? It's what? it's very I'm it's telling you. very strange that there's just like it's all pure speculation. Um I mean, it should just be like a definitive yes, yeah. right? Like they should <laughs> right. absolutely be able to why would there be I'm someone t- should I- run, I guess. I was I grew up thinking I could never run for president. That's if so someone weird. wants to tell me otherwise, happy to. <laughs> it seems you can try at least. <laughs> they have no voting representative in the US Congress. And Just they like DC, also... which is what I was trying to say earlier. Uh, when I yeah, yeah. embarrass myself. It's like they're good. You're, you're paying taxes, but you don't have no voting power in Congress. They're not able to vote for the president during the general elections. Now let's let's put Lord North up on the board as well, please. Lord North, tell us. Okay. About oh, and Lord Parliament. North. Part, but for, actually, Parliament. let's talk about Parliament first. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> um, History.com says the British crown emerged victorious from the French and Indian War in 1763, but defending the North American colonies from French expansion had proved tremendously costly to England. The British government thought the colonists should pay help pay the cost of their protection. The British Parliament enacted a series of taxes on the colonies for the purpose of raising revenue. Early attempts, such as the Stamp Act of 1765, which taxed colonists for every piece of paper they used, were <laughs> crazy, were met with widespread pro- widespread protests in America. The Townsend Acts imposed duties on British China, glass, lead, paint, paper, and tea imported to the colonies. While the original intent of the import duties had been to raise revenue, Charles Townsend saw the policies as a way to remodel colonial governments. The Townsend Acts would use the revenue raised by the duties to pay the salaries of colonial governors and judges, ensuring the loyalty of America's governmental officials to the British crown. Mm. (laughs) Britain eventually repealed the taxes it had imposed on the colonists except the tea tax. In May of 1773, British Parliament passed the Tea Act, which allowed British East India Company to sell tea to the colonies duty-free and much cheaper than other tea companies, but still tax the tea when it reached the colonial ports. Mm. So there you go. There's the, that backstory. That's Parliament. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're up um, there. I mean, the the fact that they're using... I mean, this would irk anyone, I think, the the taxes that they're paying to then pay for the salaries of the judges mm. and the, the governing officials who are mm-hmm. then beholden to the to the crown. It's like it's such a it's such a mind game. Yeah, it's right? a big conflict of oh, interest yeah. there for sure. Yeah. It's like they're supposed to be judging the locals. But it's all, you know, it's not taking yeah. into consideration any anything they actually want or need, mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. Or, maybe or this the, is the scenario. Th- maybe this has something to do with why people uh, like our bad relationship to taxes. You know, taxes get such a bad rap all the time. People are mm-hmm. so like, oh, I'm not. I hate having to pay taxes because mm-hmm. it seems like there's been some um, advantages being taken in our history. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's evolved. There's a reason. A good reason for taxes these days so that you can drive on the roads and have the infrastructure that we have so we can have the maintenance like we talk about. Like it is, taxes are important, but they can be taken and corrupted like many things in our world. And I think it is an interesting distinction that, you know, it's been sort of 
misrepresented that this was like anti-tax and it wasn't it was like we are fine with being taxed it's that right. if we are being taxed then we want the political power mm-hmm. to sure. you know That's have a right. voice and decide, decide where those how we're being taxed go. right yeah exactly. yeah we want to elect the people that we put in in it to govern us mm-hmm. right we want right. to elect our judges all that stuff well now let's talk about lord north we also have to put them up on uh, Lord North up on the board. This Lord. is according to our AmericanRevolution.org, a website by the Colonial Williamsburg Foundation. Frederick North, commonly known as Lord North, was British uh, was British first or prime minister for almost the entirety of the American Revolution. One of his first acts was a successful motion to repeal almost all of the Townsend duties, except that on tea. And he also succeeded in bringing the East East India Company under some measure of imperial control by taking advantage of the company's financial weakness in exchange for a massive loan and a duty-free monopoly on selling tea in the American colonies. The company was forced to accept substantial reform and oversight, if not yet outright control from London. So they, they used their position to control this company that had gotten too big mm-hmm. uh, too quickly. Mm-hmm. The only problem was that the plan to sell tea in America, the Tea Act of 1773, brought an end to the relative peace that characterized transatlantic relations since the repeal of the Townsend duties. The result was the Boston Tea Party. This is from the Boston Tea Party by Benjamin Woods Larrabee. A stubborn Lord North had unwittingly hammered a nail in the coffin of the old British Empire. Lord North was disappointed that the Americans had refused to buy duty tea, and this was his way of persuading them to recognize Parliament's authority to tax the colonies. It's a bit of pride uh, uh, being um, you know, attached to that. It's like, uh, it's not so much pride, but like control. This was like their final way of okay, fine, you're, 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 you're making a, a, a ruckus about all these taxes you have to make, but we're still going to tax one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It was more uh, symbolic, right? It was like, yeah. we want to mm-hmm. show, maintain, yeah, we want to maintain control. We want to maintain the precedent that we can tax you however we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still showing that they have some, yeah, control, as you said, mm-hmm. all over them, no matter what. Um, but it, it's great that it started brewing, though, the revolution after that point. Mm. Brewing. Brewing. I did pun it. I did pun it. <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't, <laughs> help. couldn't help it. Uh, Rebecca knows me too well. <laughs> okay, so this isn't quite what you're looking for, but I feel like that this is what Chris would do. Um <laughs> <laughs> As far as fact checking, <laughs> it's like kind of what you were asking for. Yeah. Um, by 1913, the British Empire held sway over 23% of the world population. Wow. Yeah. Wow. By 1913, you said? 1913. Yeah. That's the part that is not quite what you were looking for. Sure. Oh. Got it. So we're, yeah. we're in the 17. 70s, mm-hmm. right? But, but they are racking up all that territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they I might guess... have had more. They had the Americas back in the 17s. Right. Uh, right, I think right, um, right. the 19 by they were at their height in in around 1913. I think okay. because they, uh, I, I'm going to need 
to look at this more and we don't have time, but I think it's their like African colonies. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, those, and, yeah. And India wasn't technically a colony till 1830 something. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a massive amount of land. Uh, yeah. So should we just put like Britain itself? Yes. On the please. board. <laughs> this is what Sean has been waiting for. Um, I mean, I was going to put Governor Hutchinson up on the board, right? He's the Massachusetts government. And mm. um, he, he's the, ro- I should say he's the royal, um, sorry, he's the royal governor of mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Mm. And he ordered the sh- three ships in Boston Harbor to be unloaded and the duty paid. So there was this thing where it's like that you don't pay the duty on the tax. Or, sorry, you don't pay the duty on the on the items until they get taken off of the ship. So right. that's why they kept the, uh, right. the tea on right. the ship. And the governor was saying, "No, no, take the stuff off the ship and pay and so there was taxes." This, yes. So the actually the the from what I read, the the Patriots, the um, Sons of Liberty, would stand guard in front of the ship not and not let anyone take anything off of the ship and there was like a 20 day they had 20 days to disembark the goods or something like that mm-hmm. we'll get a guest expert they'll give us all of this information <laughs> and it'll be perfect um <laughs> so uh he's he's telling uh the the he's ordering for uh, the people at the Boston Harbor to unload the, uh, the ships. Two of his sons were tea brokers, right? So he, he's got invested interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately 7,000 people gathered in the Old South Meeting House on December 16, 1773, to protest his actions. When Hutchinson once again ruled that the cargo be unloaded and the tax paid, the crowd spilled out of the meeting and headed for the waterfront. Thomas Hutchinson's intransigence regarding the tea ships led to one of the defining acts that inspired the American Revolution. It's a refusal to change one's view. Mm. Stubbornness. Intransigence. Oh. A new, a new, a new word to word. learn. Alarmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so put the governor up on the board. We also had a listener uh, suggestion. Uh, this was at Java Adros Adaros. Sorry, at Java Adaros said, "Put colonialism, capitalism, patriarchy, you name it. Oh, and cultural appropriation." So a lot of recommendations. Yes. I was yes. capitalism I was definitely thinking of, but I feel like we've thrown up there so much, but you know what? It hasn't been up there for a while. So let's That's right. There. Let's put it up there. Let's put colonialism. Yes. Let's put cultural appropriation. Yeah. Um and patriarchy. Why not? If cultural <laughs> appropriation is that because the Sons of Liberty dressed up as Native Americans? Is that Oh, what they're referring I, to? Or the cultural yeah. appropriation of Tea drinking? Of the tea, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> that's what I was oh, thinking. Both, yeah. But, but yes. So that's a, a weird, uh, 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 I, I think it's a, uh, a nefarious part of this um, uh, event, right? Mm-hmm. Where they dressed up as Native Americans. The Sons of Liberty dressed up as Native Americans so that when they were 
uh, doing this mm. so that they wouldn't be recognized and wouldn't get caught. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, you know, just a classic, let's blame the, it on, on the Native Americans um, situation. I wonder how they found out. I mean, I can't imagine that they were that. Yeah, like people found out it was that pretty fast. This is a great (laughs) example of like why political organization is so difficult in the modern day, right? That (laughs) that thing alone would just completely obliterate the whatever they were trying to to do. Whereas, (laughs) whereas you know, I think there are people, and I'm sounding like a bit of an apologist right now, but there are historians who say, like, you know. this they were just disguising themselves in general so that they wouldn't get caught as far as their specific names and mm-hmm. also that it was um an example of we feel more tied to the americas than we do to the british empire and um you know it's i i feel like got to stay on message it's <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. It's about <laughs> we can't let this derail because they, you know, disguise themselves as Mohawk Indians. Mm-hmm. We got to keep to the main point of the protest. Mm. But it's so yeah, hard yeah. when it's like, you know, culture war. You can pick apart. It's so easy to pick apart someone who's doing anything or any political group if they're not doing it exactly right. Mm-hmm. then their whole message Gender. or like plan is derailed. Something to think about. I mean, you, when you're making a, a, a point, right. When you're, you, you better make sure your argument is crystal clear in the right. way you execute mm-hmm. your argument. Is, yeah. Is, uh- Approach it like you're writing a paper, right? You're like, what's the right. thesis? Like, what's your research? How do you support it? Instead of just, let's just go and rage. Right. Not, which they didn't do, right? No. They, they, they were very specific. But, you know, you could also say, like, those were the times, right? The, the, mm. They had just mm-hmm. fought the French and Indian War, right? right? Were, that just happened. And so there was a lot of hate. That and animosity that was put upon the Native Americans at the time. I mean, it's clear after we become a country that an animosity stays. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he, you know, it's the, it's the beginnings of that. And I just think that's a very important thing to discuss um, because that's the part where the you know history books in school kind of just like gloss over mm. yeah i never knew that detail yeah. and it reminds me also me when either. we um Same. did the mountain meadow, meadow massacre because they also did that disguising as native americans in order mm. to place the blame on them right. for the for the mm. massacre. yeah so i think it was a common thing back then that's right around the same time period yeah, Maybe it's not the after. same as like, you know, they could have just put like mustaches or I don't know, shaved. Right. <laughs> I, I would want yeah. uh, right. you know, like the Amer- <laughs> on the Americans, right? They just right. kind of like put on wigs and That's stuff. like <laughs> cultural appropriation of hipsters to me. Mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't I, we, I can't get behind that protest. We, we should move on because we're okay. lo- 
We're, we're very long. long. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I do want to say one. I want to add one more thing to the board, though, which I think based on what you were saying earlier, tease origins. I think like there's room for just like aspirational lifestyle, like the the whole like <laughs> tea mm-hmm. being this like sign of wealth and stature and elegance. It's just like that can get yeah. pretty toxic pretty fast. Yeah, I love that. Do it. Popular culture aspiration. Leadism. Yeah, don't don't have aspirations. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like faux. It's faux wealth, right? Yeah, it's just very materialistic. It's like, yes, it's like right. asp- it having is, aspirations yeah. in life is one thing, but like yeah. trying to have a life that people, you know, for the sake of like, look at me, look how I'm living, I'm thriving is a little <laughs> bit like, okay, are you? Yeah. Like, yeah, modern. It was the back of what revolutionary Instagram, I guess. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, I feel like we've got a long board and we've got our work cut out for us. So we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna start knocking things off. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. 
And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Alarmist. Okie dokie. Who is to blame for the Boston Tea Party? Catherine of Braganza, Monopolies, <laughs> Sons of Liberty, Tea Act of 1773, Caffeine, Good Indian Tea, Taxation Without Representation, The East India Company, Parliament, Lord North, Britain, Governor Hutchinson, the Royal Governor of Massachusetts, Colonialism, Capitalism, Cultural Appropriation, Patriarchy, Aspirational Living. Man, I would love if at the end of this list, Aspirational Living. (laughs) (laughs) Be cool, to look cool. (laughs) That's so American. (laughs) This is what I took away from this historical event. Now, I feel like we should take good Indian tea off the board. I don't want to send that to the alarm. It's not their Agreed. fault that they're so good. Oh, right. no. Caffeine, caffeine too. Tea. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it can be problematic, drug, but you can't blame it. <laughs> Is it a drug? I don't know. Catherine of Braganza, can we? Yes. Yeah, I feel like she probably was just, she was a minor. Yeah. yeah, she brought Co-star. she brought that aspirational yeah. living. She was like the the head of aspirational living at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. I just she love was, that name. She was like blame the Kardashian a of the time, and she yeah. just liked what she liked, and so everyone liked it too. Mm-hmm. 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 I hate that I just mes- mentioned the Kardashian. I apologize for doing that. I don't oh, know why. You're out. You're fired. <laughs> it's the Kardashians. Let's blame them. <laughs> <laughs> now. Monopoly, Sons of Liberty. Okay, those are all definitely. I don't think the Sons say. of Liberty. They were the. They right. were the ones taking action, right? Right, they, right. They were reacting right. to what was right. like. Hap- I don't think it wasn't like they just yeah. decided to, you know, go yes. and loot the tea. It was, and they had cause. a point. Yeah, they had a point, right? Right. Yeah. It, was it was all. Not fair. So for sure take them off yeah. i guess cultural appropriation it, it folds into the tea mm-hmm. it, it's um, something that happened along the way but right 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 yeah right um it's aspirational living let's keep it up for a little longer sure, sure. <laughs> the patriarchy it just doesn't feel yeah it, if anything it's yeah. capitalism or colonialism right. or i agree patriarchy I agree. I also capitalism in what way? What what do we mean? Because it's a government Well, ca- they're increasing the taxes for revenue purposes, right? And they right. Can, they made a lot of money by raising the taxes. Is capitalism about is isn't capitalism like around a free market? Right, right. Maybe I'm so it's like the government it's getting more into government, capitalism. <laughs> um government taxes versus capitalism, I guess. Or sure. or I mean, colonialism makes sense, right? Because it's like Britain had the colonies and they were struggling to keep control over them and they wouldn't let it go. Like none of this would have happened if they hadn't um, established those colonies. Right. I was going to say Governor Hutchinson was a part of all that. I think he was was, a pawn. Yeah, he was a pawn in their scheme. He was doing his job. I guess we can all relate to that. Sure. Um, But sure. (laughs) So you, you wouldn't stand up? 
Sean, <laughs> against? I mean, yeah. he was British to begin with, right? Yeah. Oh, he... yeah. He was a total royalist. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just working under their government. And, and he had he had that. fail sons that needed help. Yeah. Um, fail <laughs> succession. Sons. They're the royal. The original succession. Perfect. <laughs> you got to look out for your own. Ultimately, you know. <laughs> now. What about we we have to start folding things into one another? So like Lord North, I feel like we can fold him into Parliament. Totally. Or vice versa. I think more Parliament, right? Yeah. It's it's a collective. The Tea Act of 1773, that is also that also folds into Parliament. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Okay. Which which folds into Britain, right? Does monopolies fold into uh Parliament, because Parliament gave the East India Company that monopoly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, I think it folds into the East India Company. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Which sure. folds into Britain? Yeah. You think it folds into Parliament? I mean, I guess for Britain, they were just, I, yeah, I guess they were just doing what they were allowed to do. They were taking advantage of what they could, what they were allowed to do. I guess. And Parliament was the one that was making all the rules, right? They were bailing out the company. They were giving them tax breaks while taxing the colonies. Like, they were the ones that were sort of setting the stage for how things were going to be run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's just, uh, I really dislike the East India Company, you know? But yeah, Mm, yeah. I I think you're right. I think... We the Sons of Liberties into... were not protesting the company, right? They were protesting right. against the British government. Yes, right. that's right. true. So take them off the list. East India? Yep. Okay. So we're left with a good bunch. Mm-hmm. Taxation without representation. Parliament. Britain. Colonialism. And aspirational living, <laughs> which has been on this board, it's, it really had a good run. <laughs> now, <laughs> aspirational living stayed on uh, even after like capitalism, patriarchy, <laughs> <laughs> cultural. Um, okay, fine. We'll fold that we into Britain, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Colonialism, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. so what are we gonna do here? Because I, a part of me feels like you can fold Parliament into Britain, right? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. I agree. And my inkling is to send Britain to the alarmist jail. Wow, a whole <laughs> nation. <laughs> yeah, Sean will be so happy about that. Yeah, because um, it wasn't and- colonialism. Again, other countries were doing it. They probably it was. Britain seems more like hands-on to do stuff like this mm. than the other yeah. people colonizing. And then I think you slap taxation without representation because it's what what got them there. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, I agree with that. That's what okay. they were fighting for, right? They just yeah. wanted a voice. And they were like, also like, I mean, the Sons of Liberty are British, Americans, right? right. They mm-hmm. are, they are Good British. Question. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're British ancestors. I mean, I would assume most of them were born in the Americas by then. Um, I know the Sons of Liberty were like Paul Revere. We're in like Sam Adams, Paul mm-hmm. Revere, mm-hmm. um, like that crew. 
Those are the only two I know too. They didn't want, they didn't want to break away from Britain. They just wanted to be represented in the British government. That's true because the idea of an American revolution didn't come until like, what was it like 10 months after the Boston tea party? It it wasn't like, Oh, right away. Mm -hmm. This is brewing. And, you know, now let's start the revolution. It was like, they, they retaliated, right. Didn't I think. Yes. Then they like severely punished. um, Right. Massachusetts. And then the rest of the colonies were like, that's uh, like totally unfair. Uh And this revolution started brewing. I am so excited for who's going to jail. I mean, now here's the thing. Are we going to serve tea in jail? Sure, we should start. Tea no, time. coffee tea. only. No. Coffee. Yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, and nothing with caffeine, actually. Yeah. Oh, only decaf. Decaf coffee. Okay, I'm going to call it. Taxation without representation. You're getting the big slap. Britain, you're going to the alarmist jail. Wow, big Ooh. one we wow. put in the jail today. Sean, thank you for, uh, you know, helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, I think I, like, immediately set it into motion from the intro. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I, like, planted it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been manipulating the whole thing. <laughs> well, um, we literally couldn't have done it without you then. <laughs> <laughs> After the Boston Tea Party. The British government was appalled by what they saw as a destructive act against law and order. Boston was swiftly punished by the intolerable acts, with Parliament hoping to make an example of the colony. Instead, the measures were seen as a total violation of rights and triggered outrage throughout the 13 colonies, ultimately leading to the Revolutionary War. Viewed as unpatriotic, tea drinking declined during and after the Revolution, and coffee soon became the preferred hot drink in America. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at AlarmistThe. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Maria Blasucci. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing John Gluck and the Santa Claus Association. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.